At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Give to Foreman, cuts it back, weak side, into the end zone, touchdown Carolina! This time of the year down the stretch, you know, the good teams play good football in December. And, you know, we're we're progressing into, you know, that that January uh, uh, mentality where we got to be able to win down the stretch in order to do what we need to do. So uh, consistency is going to be the key. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Happy Monday. Hope you're enjoying the leftover eggnog. You had presents to wrap this weekend, and what a present we unwrapped on Saturday. The Panthers with their most dominating effort of the season. A historic game, single-season game record for rush yards, single-season game record for total offense. Panthers take it to Detroit. Two games remain in the season, and everything is in front of Carolina. And Ishraf, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, and we bring in the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes. Coach, Christmas goes down a lot better after a win like that, doesn't it? Most definitely it does, man. I tell you what, it, it was glorifying to get that win and to uh, really enjoy Christmas <clears throat> Excuse me, with the family. Uh, I know the players enjoyed themselves as well. We got back in here today and uh, got right back to work. Coach, you, you said uh, last week about getting back to putting the pads on because you had a day to put the pads on. Did you see that make a marked difference in the way that they played? You know what? Uh, I would say yes, but also understanding. I also believe it's the mentality that we create, you know, and when you can't put the pads on, which we, we, we're pretty much out of our days, you know, yes. with the remaining part of the year, uh, is that mentality that we still got to, you know, have that physicality with our hands, you know, running our feet on contact, still getting to the second level and going through that progression. Coach, how was it that the offensive line was able to blow cannonballs through that defensive line uh, for all the running backs to run through with uh, really it's, it's unusual to see for four quarters uh, that that hold up the way that it did. But how surprising that was that effective for that long? Well, I, I, I really believe it's a mindset, Jim. You know, uh, I, I think those guys, as I mentioned before, we were all embarrassed. Uh, the week before because it wasn't indicative of who we are and what we've shown and put on tape. And, you know, we challenged each other and uh, those guys came out and responded. Uh, you know, we worked on the fundamentals, 
Uh, I was telling those guys all week, and it's the same message this week. It's not about schematics right now. It's not about scheme. This time of the year, fundamentals and technique is going to prevail. You know, our weapons, eyes, hands, hips, and feet, uh, it showed up throughout the whole game. Coach, on our post-game show, you talked about consistency and now building off of this. When you look back, is there anything from Seattle to Pittsburgh that you look at and say, okay, we can change that because we didn't really build off of that big win to where from Detroit now going into Tampa, um, you maybe identified something? Well, I think is 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 where your narrow focus is. You know, and I think what I did, I brought the narrow focus back to us. And it wasn't about, you know, Pittsburgh and the logo, you know, talking about that. It's about us and doing the things that we need to do right, in order to win football games. And I think that that focus showed up on Saturday. You know, Coach, everybody's been talking about the offense and how well the offense has done, and particularly the offensive line. They did a great job. But one thing that kind of gets overlooked, I thought that the defense – was challenged. I mean, I, I, we saw what they did against the Steelers, but then we saw how they were able to come back against the Detroit Lions. Can you speak to the defense and what you saw from your guys, particularly the front seven? Uh, I thought they played well. Again, just coming off coming off uh, um, the loss against Pittsburgh, I believe it was 156, and then, you know, holding those guys to 45 yards, two sacks, you know, uh, was very impressive. Uh, the big thing that we had to continue to work on, particularly early on is third down. You know, we had an opportunity there early to get off the field. Uh, I think if you talk to Jeremy Chan, he'd love to have that play back. You know, uh, we, we did a great job in hitting golf at that time. Uh, the ball was up in the air, and he really focused on the receiver instead of tracking the ball. So, uh, you know, that was one that we let get away. But, you know, once we settled down, we started doing a great job for us getting off the field on third down, which is critical for us. Yeah, I mean, again, same uh, as the offense was running the ball. They were stopping it on the defensive side, 45 yards. And I, I guess by now everyone knows uh, that the word on J.C. Horn is uh, the, the wrist and health surgery uh, tomorrow. And Josh Norman's been signed to the practice squad, I guess, with an eye of getting him up and active this week. What about Josh in particular makes him the right fit at the right time for you? Well, I think really, let me let me emphasize and talk about, you know, uh, Keith Taylor, um, uh, you know, TJ Curry, you know, all those guys uh, are going to step up and perform and, you know, uh, Keith is going to start. But I think what, what Josh brings is that veteran presence, you know, uh, some leadership uh, this time of the year that you need uh, to be able to show these young guys exactly how to go about your work. Uh, he understands, uh, you know, uh, the culture here that we're trying to, you know, put in place. Uh, he played for me, uh, played at a high level. So he understands my expectations, and I thought it was just a great fit uh, to bring him in and help him try to mentor these players. Yeah, I was and, gonna... and Coach, can I say this too quickly? Also, Coach, from just the history of Josh Norman, he's always been a playmaker. That dude has always been around the ball and always in the mix of something trying to go make things happen. You know, uh, you're exactly right, Eugene. And uh, he calls uh, seven fumbles last year. You know, uh, and, you know, he did a great job for us when he was here before, you know, taking uh, the range from uh, Peanut Tillman, you know, showing him the way. So uh, you're right. He's always around the ball, tremendous ball skills. Uh, he gets close to the pile. He's going to look to pop that thing out. That's right. And, uh, he's just a playmaker. And uh, I'm hoping once again that he can sort of have some of that rub off on some of these young guys. 
Yeah, coach, and about you know that impact he can have on a Keith Taylor and a C.J. Henderson. You know, both of those guys have had a battle through adversity at times. Josh knows all about that from a personal standpoint with his growth with the Carolina Panthers. How much of a resource can he be for those guys to say, hey, just because things didn't go your way, just because you're you know on the bench or you have a tough game, uh, there's a path back and there's a real path back. Well, I, I think he's someone, you know, I always talk about, a, you know, a blueprint. You know, he's someone that has the blueprint. You know, he went through that process with, with us, with myself. Uh, you know, a guy that, that plays with tremendous confidence, but really had to understand uh, how to channel that confidence in the right direction. And, and once he learned how to do that, uh, he he really turned into a uh, all-pro football player, you know, and, and helped us win a lot of football games here. So, uh, he understands exactly what it takes and can really be a guy, as I said before, a blueprint for these younger guys. And, uh, Coach, every game you take every week the same way, the same approach, but everyone just knows without speaking it, you know, what this game at Tampa Bay means this week for both teams uh, heading into this one. As a head coach, uh, does your message get tweaked at all in terms of wanting that playoff intensity, that kind of performance from your team versus you know, staying in your lanes and just uh, focusing on each snap? No, no, not whatsoever. Um, I, I think each team is different. You know, head coach got to fill his team out and, and feel exactly what they need. And our approach is staying in our lane. You know, our approach is doing the same thing that we do each and every day, which is the mindset of winning the day. You know, we're not going to look beyond that. Uh, we're going to try to stack good practices this week uh, with the understanding that we want to make sure that we execute on Sunday. But- and in uh, resort, we hope to come up with a win. That's it. But, Coach, there is an evolution that I've seen with the quarterback because the quarterback pulled the ball and got busy and got some yards, and I think that's something moving forward that's uh, ace in the hole for uh, uh, young Sam Darnold. Uh, it is. It's something that, you know, uh, I've been on here every Monday talking about, you know, the opportunity with him pu- trying to pull the ball and, you know, use his legs and athleticism to be able to uh, make plays. Uh, and he's shown that the last couple of weeks. But, yes, uh, on Saturday, you know, he made some great reads. And, um, you know, I, I was probably more excited than anybody when he pulled that ball on the goal line and walked in. <laughs> you know that's right. Coach, just a couple more. We, we know how good this run game has been, especially, you know, these last four games. Chuba Hubbard in particular, what have you unlocked in him where now there seems to be uh, just a different level of consistency with him the last four games? I just think it's really opportunities. You know, he's getting his opportunities and he's taking advantage of it. Uh, I've seen uh, Chuba, even when I was on the defensive side of the ball, his work ethic and how he goes about his day-to-day operation, man. Uh, I used to talk to, um, you know, Coach uh, Nixon and and the staff when we went over personnel in Wofford. And it's like, man, I like this dude. I think he's, you know, he's going to be a good running back. And I could just see certain things. And and I'm a guy – that that really feeds into preparation and uh, this this guy just works hard in trying to just perfect his craft and steve is it a similar vibe with terrace marshall seems like he makes at least one really big outstanding play in addition to the other things he's doing out, out there in the field you know i i think the first thing that just uh comes off uh with terrence is just confidence you know uh i think right now he feels like uh when he's in the game you know he can come up with that big play uh, I like the mere fact, and it's, it's nothing about 
uh, these players that are that I consider to be arrogant because they all want the ball. But when he comes off the sideline and tells me, Coach, I can beat this guy, mm. you know, uh, I like that because, you know, he's into it. He knows his ability and he wants to go make a play for us. And Coach, I want to just say just a, maybe a comment about the running game. It looks to me, and it seemed to me, the running backs seemed to me to be a lot, just like D'Angelo and Stewart when they were here. They've got that this thing where you can go ahead and run any of these running backs behind that line, and they're going to get the yardage based on their own personality, based on the play call, and based on the ability to get their, their one to. I just wanted to say yes, that. Yes, yeah, they they all have their different styles, which are you know extremely unique. Uh, you're exactly right. That's a great comparison. You know, I throw uh, Raheem in there as well. You know, we got that that combination with all three of those guys, and um, they all bring different things to the table. You look at the speed option down on the goal line. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Coach McAdoo and, and the offensive coaches came up with a tremendous game plan. And you know, I just you know we're, we're trying to do certain things um, that that's going to continue to evolve this offense in the right direction. And you saw that on Saturday. Yeah, heck of a performance, Coach. Congratulations on the win. Uh, I won't say it because I know you won't say it. Everything's in front of you. You guys know what's at stake and what's ahead. Best of luck this weekend. Um, we can't wait for January football. All right, hey, just hey, we're winning the day. That's it, Anish. Win the day. Win the day. <laughs> uh, Steve Wilkes, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, he's done such a great job kind of taking the attention off of him off of the noise, putting it back on the team. And in the locker room earlier today, talking to a few players, uh, Austin Corbett told me something that was interesting. We'll hear it uh, maybe on the pregame show this weekend. But he said when this team was down, one and four, coaching change, and he said, yeah, I've been around the league long enough where you get into those pivot points, things can go in one of two ways. And he gave Steve Wilkes all the credit and said he kept that locker room together. Not that Matt Rule had lost the locker room. I want to make that very clear. That was one of the things that you know Matt Rule did. He did keep the locker room together, and the guys were together. But when Steve Wilkes came in, you know you can fear a fracture at that point when there's a change, guys checking out. And he reminded people that they were close and there was a lot of football left. And in the way that he did it, with his messaging, with his communication, Austin Corbett said yeah, that was a big moment for the team internally. Not a lot of folks saw that on the outside but keeping things together, Eugene, when it looked like everything was falling apart. He has the demeanor for that. I mean, when you talk to Coach Wilkes, just when he's talking to in his presence, he's, he's in the moment, he looks you directly in the eye. I mean, there's no, like, looking off to the side like he got another agenda. He's, he's addressing you. And when he speaks, he speaks from experience, and he speaks, he speaks from, from his gut, and he's, and, he's, and he's being genuine. Guys appreciate that. People appreciate that when you can look a man in the eye because in the National Football League, that's not always the case. You've always been somebody else is better, somebody else you're looking for their next person. But he's telling you exactly what's going to happen. We saw that with the quarterbacks. P.J. started. No, Baker, I'm going with Baker. You, you saw that. People appreciate that, and that's why guys can get behind them. And when that thing, that the incident with Robbie Anderson – and I remember we were talking about that, and I said, if he does not do what he did to Robbie Anderson, he will lose the team. And then he echoed exactly, he said, you're absolutely right. You know, and so he was saying the exact same thing. People, people, the football players, they really appreciate when you're honest with them and you tell them what the real deal is. Jim, you watched Arizona last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, let us, they let us down. They had them. They did have them. 
But that's what Brady does at the end of games. And uh, But I think this is about the Panthers, too. I mean, it's one thing to be liked by your players. It's another thing to be liked and have success. And you know, I think he organized the pieces. And you're, you're kind of saying point. that in another way. Yes. But he kind of, each week he organizes the pieces in the right way. And they don't win every week because it's hard. If we saw Arizona easily could have won that game last night, went to overtime. So if every week, you know, the, the, we see how Houston almost beat Kansas City the week before it goes to overtime. It's such a fine line. And so you're not going to win every game. But I, I think he's given this team a chance every week to be best prepared and in the best position to win that game that week. In some ways, the Pittsburgh game, that. I thought was in some ways a sign of growth. Panthers were dominated in the trenches, totally outplayed, and yet they were in that game for the majority of it. Even at times when it felt the score should have been more lopsided than it was, that ended up being an eight-point game. Mm -hmm. That's a game maybe in week three where you are down 21 in the fourth quarter. It's the same thing I thought about the Baltimore Ravens. We were playing the Baltimore Ravens in this spot, and – they were in the game into the fourth period, like in the game to win the game. I'm sitting there going, hold on, this is a different team. This really is a different team. There's too much parity in the league. You're just not going to, like, blow somebody out. You can, but another team can come right back behind you, Houston, Texans, and take Kansas City to the limit. You know, it's, it's too much parity in the league right now, and we have a really good, solid team offensively and defensively. Uh, we will set the table for what's ahead coming up on Panther Talk. Jim speaks with Giovanni Ricci, Carolina fullback, H-back, tight end, and Jake DeLome on his day off will join us for a little insight on what we saw this past Saturday and the week ahead leading up to Tampa Bay. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. One thing I wanted to get back to this week was, you know, get away from all the rhetoric and all the talk, you know, and just, you know, base fundamentals. And we talked about our weapons all week, eyes, hands, hips, and feet, you know, being in the right position, you know, seeing the right things, playing with valid hands, not stopping our feet. And teams that play great ball this time of the year uh, are very, you know, good with their fundamentals. And that's one of the things I emphasized and talked about all week. And you saw us talking and communicating on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, you know, IDing the mic linebacker, knowing exactly where the pressure's coming from, checking and getting us into the right things. I, and I talked all week about the true character of this football team is going to reveal itself this week and how we come back and respond. Because we got embarrassed last week. And the way we practiced this week, uh, was is really indicative in how we perform today and who we are. So uh, really excited the way we bounce back and perform. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. It's the broadcast roundtable brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with tri-clean Sitco gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. And Ishraf Jimzoki, Eugene Robinson. Um, let's start with news of the day. Josh Norman uh, former Panther, great, was a big part of that 2015 NFC Championship. He was signed to the practice squad, Shaq Thompson, on the return of Mr. Norman. Yeah, it's good to have Josh back, you know what I mean? Um, it's good to have some veteran presence back there, too, as well, you know what I mean? And uh, everybody knows Josh, Josh. Josh was a playmaker when he was here, man. He played, made big-time plays for us, uh, big-time situation, big-time games. Just happy he's here. Eugene, you played a long time in the NFL. Josh Norman is now 35. As a defensive back at 35, how do you atone for maybe the loss of some physical skills? 
because football is an academic game. It really is. It's about technique. And when you get to this point in the season, it's all about technique. If you got inside, you've got taxi taking away the man inside, you got to stay inside, a full man taxi inside. Josh knows all that stuff. Josh, Josh was always a playmaker, and he can, can take those chances because he knew where the ball was coming at. And then also, he'll punch the ball out on you. So Shaq is absolutely right. He said Josh is a playmaker. That's what he brings to the table. He's not going to take no crazy chances, but he's going to put himself in position based on the academics of football, based on what they're doing, cover four, cover two, cover three, whatever that is, whatever it's called for, Josh will know. And you don't have to go ahead and teach him everything. He already knows Coach Wilkes because he knows Coach Wilkes' system. He knows what's expected. And so this is a really good pickup for Jim, Ailey Secondary. Yeah, J.C. Horn, I would be surprised if he played this weekend after having surgery Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Dante Jackson's out for the year. What are reasonable expectations for Josh Norman 2.0 in Carolina? First of all, I thought Eugene's answer, knowing Eugene was going to be moved to safety when you're 35. I know. That's it. Because <laughs> that's where, where cornerbacks go. That's exactly where they go. When they get slower. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, but again, like you said, it's the savvy, it's the expertise. And again, he's just going to be part of the equation. We'll see how much Josh Norman uh, in the first game would see in terms of reps. I think they still want, you know, Keith Taylor to be more consistent and be that guy. Again, T.J. Carey was a guy that was brought in as a veteran guy that Steve Wilkes had familiarity with from Cleveland. Uh, so these are players that he can just plug and play as far as the mental component of it and, and understand the, the what they're going to do as, as a principal on defense. And then, again, it's like, Tom Brady, this is a good week for it. We watched it all season when we watched that in the game. He's not lobbing you know, 60-yard lasers no, down there. So it's like it's just keep everything in front of you. And this is where, like, is he going to be more accurate than you're more fine with your – positioning on defense out there and that's where Josh Norman with that experience of having played against Tom Brady how many times uh, through the years and so forth would have that expertise there were times watching the game last week against Arizona and there are other games that apply here Eugene you're sitting there and, and everything is a dink and it's a dunk and you know, part of you as you're watching you're going and especially again from our standpoint we're wanting Arizona to win hey maybe press up jump some of these routes that line can't protect long enough for Tom Brady to throw the ball downfield. That's when Xavier Woods comes into play. Xavier Woods at the free safety, he should be telling his guys, hey, when they run this route here, because you can see it, or they're trying to pick up sticks, jump it, I'm going to go over the top of you. I want you to take that chance to jump it. And we should always have those little things as in the secondary. Hey, man, I need you to jump that route. If they're going to run that little curl route, you're going to jump it. Don't worry about the curl and go, I got your back. So those type of things should be talked about in the locker room, in the in the meeting rooms, if they constantly see Godwin going out or Mike Evans in this dig, we're going to tell them to get and jump it. I'm going to take care of your back. And Anish, you know, I'm sure they'll be on red alert that first quarter could be no huddle. I mean, they, when they started playing with tempo, we watched him do it against the Saints. Yeah. I mean, when Brady gets – because that, that alleviates the pressure. When you just go no huddle, no huddle, that took Watt out of the game yesterday, and they were just able to just like quick passes and, and kind of beat guys to the spot as far as the secondary play and so forth. I would expect that's where they've had success. They'll mix that in earlier in the game, I would think, Tampa Bay and that the Panthers will be ready for He that. looked like vintage Brady when they went no huddle. Yeah, Absolutely, because that's, that's what he does. But if you can frustrate Brady by getting pressure in his face, you can frustrate him. And just move him just a little bit off this spot. And what he hates is if he throws a nice ball and it's tipped and it's intercepted, he don't like that. He doesn't like that at well, all. Well, you know what else hurts when you when you try to go no huddle and you want to go no huddle? If the other offense is out there running twelve plays, yes, going seventy five yards, 
ground and pound. Done. And then <laughs> you go no huddle, and let's mm-hmm. say you score, and you go five plays, 72 yards, and 214, and now your defense is back out there. That turns into a war of attrition you can't win. No, exactly. So if the Panthers play imposing their will football like they've done in so many yes. of these games, that changes the other team's ability to do anything. It takes the clock away, takes the play percentage away. they got to play from behind, so... And that, We'd that, love to have to force them to play red ball at the end of the game because that means they'll be down a couple touchdowns. And just quickly, that, the Panthers' <laughs> offensive line is balling right now. They are really hitting on all cylinders. Man, you better get out the way. Get out of the way. They, they're really good. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina at any of Ortho Carolina's 40 locations. You'll receive the absolute highest level of orthopedic care possible from your first appointment to your full recovery, all points in between. And as we talked about with J.C. Horn, of course, he'll have wrist surgery tomorrow, and then they'll get a prognosis. Uh, that I'm sure by Wednesday we'll get a better idea of where he is as far as possible return. Ortho Carolina, a better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we'll wait on news on J.C. Horn. We know Tom Brady's going to throw it uh, 12 games this season where he's attempted 40 or more passes. Wow. Five times he has thrown at least 50 or more passes. They seem to almost want to make an effort to run last night a little bit. Fournette had one of his best games in a while. But uh, this comes down to stopping Brady. Just quick point of reference First game that Carolina won 21-3 here in Charlotte, J.C. Horn did not play. Brady targeted Mike Evans and Chris Godwin 28 times, mm. only 16 completions. Now, they did have Dante Jackson then, but did not have J.C. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, and this, the Bucks didn't have Julio Jones. This is going to be an interesting game, but I really believe it's going to be one in the trenches. It's going to be run on the offensive line and defensive line. and. So I'm looking forward for Carolina Panthers to come up with the upset. All right, we're back with Jim's interview with Giovanni Ricci. Jake DeLone will join the program in a little bit. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Talking with Panthers fullback Giovanni Ricci and uh, the way you guys have been running the ball most of these past weeks since Coach Wilkes took over, really, I mean, you guys have to really feel good about the way that part of the offense is working out for you guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. Anytime you get, um, you know, running backs running like that, O-line blocking like that, we got the receivers out there blocking very well. It's just a, um, you know, you can, uh, it's a credit to just everybody out on the field who's playing, you know, we're all playing for each other, and um, that's one thing where it truly is, like you can see a team just really playing for one another because obviously there's only one guy carrying the ball and they're obviously doing really really well and um it's just been awesome to be a part of you're a guy who can run the ball you can block as a fullback you h-back tight end that kind of thing now you see some of these big guys as rb set out there with some of these offensive linemen kind of replicating a little bit of what you do what's kind of your analysis of how they've been able to perform like that you know, they, they've been awesome, and it's been a great, you know, asset for us. You know, Cade lining up in the backfield. we got Cam and Michael Jordan getting out there, too, as tight ends. So um, I, I've honestly never seen eight offensive linemen on the field at the same time in the NFL. So it was awesome to see that, and they get that opportunity. And just, um, you know, like I said, just everyone having the same mindset of, you know, play after play, just um, – Getting after them, getting after it again, giving our backs an opportunity to do what they do. Um, it's just been great for not only our room but just the team. So, now, granted, ninety whatever percent of the time they're doing offensive line stuff. But uh, do you guys talk as far as like you know, are you able to help them, or do they kind of consult with you about some of those kind of things when they're lining up in the backfield, or is it extra tight end? Yeah, you know the good thing about uh, 
you know, the guys we have doing it, they've uh, not only, like, great football players, but smart players, too, you know. Um, obviously, a lot of times, tight ends work with tackles, just um, play it on, you know, regular formations and plays. So um, Cam being a tackle and all that, he kind of understands everything, makes it real easy transition for him and for us to, you know, communicate on the field. And um, he's getting a, they're all getting, you know, a good hand on it. So um, it's been pretty, pretty easy communication and all that, so. As far as this offensive line, there's some carryover personnel-wise, obviously, from last year, but also you got Icky, you got Bradley, Austin Corbett, those guys coming in. How different has that been this year with just the performance of how the offensive line's blocking for all you guys? You know, like you said, like they're performing really well, and they're doing really well as a unit. And um, like we said, other guys even getting in on the field playing well. So it's just great to see um, that unit come together because that's, you know, like we say all the time, you know, it starts up front and they um, they definitely make things go. And um, when they're playing well, given opportunities to the running backs to run the ball and they run the ball well, that opens up the pass game. Just everything opens up um, how they've been playing. It's just just great to see that unit really come together and um, helps all of us. So, all right, last thing. Obviously, the record has improved, but what in terms of just experiencing this team, does it almost feel like a different team in a lot of ways since the coaching change with Steve Wilkes as a head coach and just uh, kind of, I guess, I don't know, that maybe not the culture, it's kind of a big worry, but just kind of the, the way the team feels overall collectively? Yeah, you know, I think um, for a lot of guys, obviously we have, you know, most of, most of all the um, same guys from the start of the year till now, and um, it's just something that we've been able to rally behind and just stick together and I think as we've continued to do that um, we're starting to see um, that success as we've just you know um, you know Wilkes done a great job you know leading us and all that and just this locker room um, I've always said ever since I got here in 2020 it's been one of the best locker rooms I've been a part of so even with people coming in and out it just always feels like um, a really special place to be so um, just a credit to all the guys you know sticking together and continuing to play and obviously we got a lot of football left so just excited to get back out there this weekend and do it all again good stuff Gio thank you so much thank you back with more on Panther Talk after this Panthers football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network presented by Morris Jenkins touchdown Join us next Sunday as the Panthers travel to Tampa to face the Buccaneers. Kickoff on the network is set for 1 o'clock. Morris Jenkins, official heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services partner of the Carolina Panthers. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life and we're here to help. Panther Talk continues, and we bring in former Panther quarterback, Panther legend, Panther great. You hear him on the radio. He'll be on the call this weekend when the Panthers take on Tampa Bay. It's Jake DeLome. Jake, uh, Merry Christmas, first of all, and I imagine right now you're you're somewhere with horses galloping. Well, yeah, I, not with horses galloping. One, Merry Christmas, but two, I actually – it's a vacation day for me. I came to the fairgrounds in New Orleans. There's a big day of racing today. It's usually Super Santa Saturday, but they're doing it today because everybody, in essence, is off today. So it's a gorgeous day, and I just came enjoy the day along with many other th- thousands of other people here in New Orleans. And I'm boasting proudly um, with my chest sticking out, Carolina Panthers, because I got a lot of friends here in New Orleans. 
and uh, I like to talk a little smack to them. So it's a uh, it's with pride that I'm walking around and uh, we're doing a lot of trash talking. To well, each I'm other. glad you can do that while we ruin your vacation day. But let's go back to Saturday, watching that game, the way they came out, especially after what happened the previous week against Pittsburgh. What impressed you most about just the way Carolina dominated up front? I just think the answer, we answered the bell. Uh, there's no doubt, and I'm not privy to this information, but I would assume Steve Wilkes, he probably challenged that offensive line pretty good. And I think they know what happened against Pittsburgh, and uh, they need, we needed to play better, one all around, but especially up front, because we're hanging our hat on the run game. And from the first play of the game with Chuba Hubbard, almost taking it to the house. And from every play after that, it was a answer the bell. Because Detroit, you can't say it's the old Detroit. This team had won, what, five of seven, six of seven, whatever it may be, really playing well. And for us to do that, I thought that was a huge answer. And you just kind of feel it with this team. And and I don't know what happens down the line. Yes, this week and, and the following. But just for this team to answer, um, that was that was very encouraging. Um, to say the least, and just this, I don't know, just the energy. It just seems like there's some energy with this football team. You know, we had Jonathan Stewart calling the game in your stead and, and Jordan Gross's stead. It was the first time he had done a game, and Jay Stu has now been a part of the two highest rushing games in the history of the franchise as player and broadcaster. Do we need a petition to bring uh, Jay Stu to Tampa this week? Well, that would that would be great, and I was lucky enough to be a part of the uh, the first one, uh, the Monday Night Football game against Tampa. I had a uh, the best seat in the house. I would hand off to he and D'Angelo, and I'll be honest with you, that night, um, it it was kind of you watched a growth of Ryan Khalil that night. Ryan Khalil, in essence, that was his third season. And it was like, okay, he became the leader of the offensive line. Yes, Jordan, everybody knew Jordan was Jordan. But just watching Ryan, because we challenged him so much. And that night, I, I, I mean, vividly remember in the third quarter, just Ryan, just the way he started interacting and stuff. I'm like, man, it was like almost like a child growing up before your eyes. And so Stewie was able to do it that night. And I'm very jealous he was able to do it again this past Saturday. But as long as we can get a win, we'll take whatever we can do. You know, Jake, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Ryan Khalil and player development. Because in the 10 games now that Wilkes has been interim coach, doesn't it feel like we're starting to see some of these guys get unlocked, growth from some of these players? Uh, Chuba Hubbard's a great example. The last four games, he set a new season high in rush yards three times. In the game that he didn't, Pittsburgh, he set a career high in receiving yards, had a career high in rushing yards against Detroit. And, and he's about a handful of guys who we're starting to see get in there, make an impact, and really develop under Steve Wilkes. Well, and one that's a credit to Steve Wilkes, uh, and that's a credit to uh, the, the the draft process of getting a Chuba Hubbard. And but it's a it's a credit to Chuba. My my belief is that he came in fourth round pick. He watched how to prepare his body and uh, in his mind watching Christian McCaffrey. And he was ready to be called upon. Certainly, Deontay Foreman has taken over, but Chuba there was never a pout. He never pouted. 
He never complained. Yeah, they might have had some fumbling issues we had early on, I believe, with the Giants game uh, on kickoffs and things like that. But he just kept working. And to see him start to be rewarded, that's huge. And I just like watching some of our other guys. Like, really and truly think about it. When do we ever talk about Iki Kwanu? We don't. And, and that's a credit to him because that means he's just lining up week in and week out and doing his job. We don't talk about him enough. Brady Christensen, another one who played tackle in college. He was not a guard. Now he's the left guard on this football team. Bradley Bozeman, another one who had to battle an injury and come back. And, you know, I guess maybe I take for granted T. Moat and, and, and Austin Corbett, but just that, that group up front and everybody's just kind of working in the same direction and, Listen, I can talk about defense all we want. I think our defense, you know, we understand Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and, and Jeremy Chin and Shaq and those guys. But watching us offensively, we're making our defense better by running the football. And they're going out there with a lot more. Um, they're not on the field the whole time, I guess you could say. We're talking with Jake DeLome, radio analyst for the Panthers, former Panther quarterback, Panther great. Jake, Tom Brady's uh, two and a half years younger than you are. He's still doing this and – while this season, you know, it hasn't been vintage Brady. He's had the vintage moments, uh, the comeback Sunday night against Arizona, the comeback against New Orleans on Monday night. First off, you know, what goes through your mind as somebody who's in his age bracket when you're turning on the TV and he's still playing? It blows my mind. It really does. I'm very envious of him. I- I'm not going to even lie about that i just i respect the guy i know what he is as a competitor as a player the way he's taking care of his body and we had a brief conversation before we played him the first time it was and you know he looked at me and he said man you look great you could still play i said well i know i can't and he goes hey it's just a number age is just a number i'm telling you but like listening to him say that he truly believes that and I'm telling you, I still marvel and yes i understand it hasn't been the greatest season so for uh, you know their expectations, I guess you could say, but the guy can still get it done. And I think the biggest thing, let's not give him an opportunity with the game on the line. I think that's the biggest thing. Let's not give him any opportunity with the game on the line. What level of concern is there for you, uh, given J.C. Horn's status? He's having wrist surgery on Tuesday. Dante Jackson already out for the season. It's still Tom Brady. There's Mike Evans. There's Godwin. There's Julio Jones. How much of a concern is that? Oh, it's concerning. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's very concerning. I think J.C. Horn, I think you saw it the other day. He got beat on the deep route, and then the next play, they have the running back in the flat, and the way he grabs him and just throws him down, a corner is not supposed to be able to do that, just his physicality and his size and strength, and we've seen him make plays on the ball. So that is a big concern, uh, especially going against these Tampa receivers, and we really and truly haven't seen – you know, some of these other corners truly step up. Losing Dante Jackson, uh, obviously that was a big blow to us, but Keith Taylor struggled a couple of weeks ago. So you can assume that's going to be in the game plan if J.C. can't go. They're going to try to attack. C.J. Henderson uh, has, hasn't had the most moments for us this year, so they're going to attack. So we need to get home with our front as much as we can because that's where Tampa has struggled some and in the run game. So if we can get home and, and do some things uh, defensively and tighten up, I mean – very simple. Steve Wilkes said it best, and I think that's why the players have just completely bought in. He challenges guys. He doesn't sugarcoat it. And Keith Taylor, he need, like he said last week, he, needed, he needs to step up and step up quickly. And so the, this, this is a week that he's going to have to show up. Jake, I'll leave you with this. Zoom out and give us some perspective. A team that was 1-4 and four 
fired its head coach, traded away Christian McCaffrey, traded away Robbie Anderson, fired a number of assistant coaches, then you know, lost the next game. They're one and five. Here they are going into January with a chance at the playoffs. How do you compartmentalize all that? How do you process that? It, I don't know, Anish. It's hard, man. I, I think about it, and I, I just I go back, and I truly felt, and I was on air early in the before the season started. I thought this was a seven, eight, maybe nine win football team, get some momentum going. But I thought that was going to be with a Baker Mayfield that was going to be re-energized, a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, those are the things that I was thinking of offensively for us. And um, uh, did I think Deontay Foreman would be our number one back right now? No, I, I didn't. But um, that's a credit to these players, first off, but also this coaching staff, because I, when you lose a coach during the season, you don't truly see a turnaround like this or just a different mentality of the football team. I, I think there's been a different mentality just kind of the way they've taken ownership. Um, they've had some good weeks, and then there's been a clunker, like against Cincinnati, like against Pittsburgh. Or Cincinnati more the clunker. Pittsburgh, I think we just got beat. But this team has answered. They've responded. They've come back. They've taken ownership. I think that says something to the character in that room, but also the, the, the coaches leading the charge is that they're not wavering. They're going to continue to believe in what they believe in and, and go – for that and listen we're lucky this year the nfc south is is a division that has struggled and you know what that's just the way it happens sometimes and we're right in the thick of it so let's just continue to make a run hey we're all we're all a product of our circumstances in some way and the nfc south being down has opened up a window for the panthers right now carolina's playing the best of any team in the division they've won four out of six two division games remain on the road win them both you're playing a game at Bank of America Stadium in the postseason in January. Jake, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the horses. Anytime. And we Absolutely, will see you uh, we'll in Tampa Bay on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to spending uh, Saturday night, my New Year's Eve in Tampa, to get ready for a great day on New Year's Day. Awesome. Love to hear it. Jake DeLone, former Panthers quarterback. Catch him on the radio this weekend with uh, Zoke and I when the Panthers take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with first place in the NFC South on the line. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Thanks for hanging on a Monday night final segment. Jim, I want to start with you. Have you found the words, the perspective on on this season? One in five to being in the driver's seat for a home playoff game in January. I mean, it doesn't even feel like the same season. I mean, the team feels completely different. Uh, two coaches, three quarterbacks. I mean, it's been Partridge two running backs. I mean, you went from trading your best player, Christian McCaffrey, you traded a starting wide receiver in Robbie Anderson along the way. Dealing with all the injuries, you're now down your two starting cornerbacks right now. And here you are. And again, of course, the division is what's mostly mathematically keeping you alive. But beyond that, to take that team and turn it, as Steve Wilkes has done with the players, to 5-5. Five and five. And I think things like um, so many pieces coming together, like putting Bradley Bozeman in the starting lineup at center. Thank things you. that set the tempo that kind of solidified the structure of that offensive line in addition to what has been led by Deontay Foreman, but now we see Chuba Hubbard's progression, Terrace Marshall's progression. So we're seeing young players kind of develop a niche along the way as well as along to uh, just kind of the tone and the culture stuff we talk about every week. We're seeing some of these young players really step up their game. And Eugene, 
to that point, it's young players sometimes who haven't had a linear path. There have been some bumps where they've stayed with them. And, and you throw Eddie Pinheiro in that mix, too. Missed a couple kicks. Hey, caught him. No. He's now made 17 in a row. Chuba Hubbard couldn't catch the ball. Had some issues holding on to the ball. Yes, that's right. Terrace Marshall wasn't even dressed for the first four or five games. You know, guys are stepping up. And I want to say something that Jake DeLome said quickly. He talked about Ryan Khalil having his best game. I think Brady Bozeman is in that same category. He has really solidified that offensive line. And I think the reason why we see how good they are is because Brady Bozeman is at the center. Folks, we could be back here in a few weeks for a home playoff game. What a season. What a wild ride. Appreciate everybody hanging with us. Panthers, Bucks, Sunday, 1 p.m. in Tampa. This has been. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.